Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today I'm joined by a special guest, Dennis Hall from Learning Templates, creator of the incredible Lifter LMS X API plugin, a companion to Lifter LMS that we're going to get into in this episode. Uh, but first, Dennis, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Chris. Nice to be here. <laughs> so, uh, Lifter LMS XAPI does a lot of different things, and I really wanted to take the opportunity to talk with you and get some answers to some pretty basic questions for people first coming across this or for people trying to understand the full scope of what Lifter LMS XAPI does. So, a lot of people listening to this episode already know what Lifter LMS is, but in case you're new, Lifter LMS is a WordPress plugin that makes it easy to create, sell, and protect engaging online courses. Uh, Lifter LMS XAPI is an add-on that you can add to your WordPress site that gives even more functionality and quite frankly, a lot more power and functionality to the core feature set of Lifter LMS. So let's start at the beginning, Dennis. What is XAPI, which is also known as the Experience API and also known as the Tin Can API? If someone came up to you on the street and said, what is that? How do, how do you explain it? Right, what, what, what XAPI is or Tin Can is as it's most commonly referred to. Um, a little history, Tin Can was the original project name that ADL, uh, Advanced Distributed Learning Organization, a U.S. government uh, uh, subsidiary, um, TinCan was the name of the project that was given to a company called Rustici, who are the owners of Squirm.com, which I'm sure a lot of people are aware of over the years. So TinCan is just a nickname in reality. It's kind of stuck with it. But XAPI is the experience API, you're correct. And what XAPI is, it, it is exactly what they say, an API, meaning an application programmer's interface. The wonderful thing about it is those of us who have developed things against XAPI have taken the programmers out of it. So we've given you an API where you fill in some information and that populates the information to be sent to servers and uh, to be transmitted around the world and to be uh, communicated between you and your course as well as your learning management system and your course. So we've taken the, the technical uh, programmer part out of it all and made it much easier for the uh, end user, uh, the person who has no programmatic skills, to be able to focus on the job that they are good at doing, which is creating their learning products and uh, generating um, uh, pro reporting output that makes sense to them. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned the word SCORM, and my understanding is SCORM is something that is dying or going, you know, phasing out, to being replaced by the XAPI is like the new standard or whatever. But for those who are, are looking at SCORM or still using SCORM, can you talk about how that's going away or what's new and how people can think about it? Because you hear these words uh, SCORM and Tin Can or XAPI sometimes side by side, but help us understand the difference. Sure. So, so um, uh, to to understand the difference, you have to kind of have been in the industry since the onset of this. Uh, back in about '95, 
uh, we all started we all started uh, talking about and beginning to work with a uh, with a specification called AICC. Uh, this was the aviation industry specification for sharing uh, for reporting course material and reusing courses amongst different platforms. So the idea was you could have one course sitting on one server and you could have many different learning management systems connect to it and be able to uh, have those users of those learning management systems use that, that uh, content. Okay, so that kind of brought in the what we call the SCO. Um, back then, though, they called it an AU, an assignable unit. In reality, um, an AU was a was also a kind of file that you configured for AICC to work. But the beauty of it is, is that you could cross domains in the internet. So, so that really was beneficial. But AICC, from a reporting or a granular reporting perspective just was it just didn't have enough enough giddy up to uh, to really turn people on enough to go for it then came score and if you recall I mentioned the shareable content part of AICC well that got carried into SCORM so the, the first so SCORM is an acronym for shareable content object um, reusability model and what that kind of means is that Everything in your course is an object, and because it's in your course and your course is being used, it's shareable content because it's being used amongst different people. So you're you're not you're not giving a physical course to each person. You're hosting it centrally and having a bunch of users connect to your LMS and use it. So it's shareable. Um, what's what what is sad about SCORM is one of the first things that ever went away were that AICC model where you could connect from your domain to another domain and use the course in the other domain. SCORM lost that right away. And that, that forced everybody to take that shareable content and start distributing it amongst all the different LMSs to be used locally. Well, that, you know, this, this, this was a problem for people who wanted to centrally host courses and resell them to different platforms. Um, but, it was something, I, I'm not going to say people liked it, people just succumbed to it <laughs> and accepted it for what it was. So that was the problem with SCORM is that throughout the years it went through four evolutions and in those four evolutions um, essentially people just sort of became more and more apt to succumb to the lesser abilities, let's call them. Um, so SCORM kind of got milked down so much uh, that, that, I mean, it, it's not uncommon to, to, for, for somebody to expect Dennis Hall completed course A, Dennis Hall scored 55% on exam A, and that was kind of it, you know. So with e-learning really took a big hit because e-learning could do so much more, but SCORM was basically killing it. Um, then through the different iterations of SCORM, things tended to become more broken, um, uh, even to the point where um, by the third edition of SCORM, you, uh, if you made a big enough course, you could never get a completed on the course because there was so much information being sent to the LMS and the LMS wasn't able to handle it all, so it was losing data. 
So essentially, people were not, you know, in large courses, people weren't completing courses. I myself have, have been uh, an instructional designer and courseware developer through this whole evolution. And I've seen it grow from day one, from the beginning of AICC, even beforehand, to be honest. Um, and and um, it just got more and more broken as things got along. Um, so, like I say, the only thing that kept it going was the fact that people were expecting less and less, and, and their, their expectations were lowered quite a bit. Now, a year ago, uh, more than a year ago now, um, uh, the ADL, uh, various working groups, uh, I'm in three of them. I'm in the XAPI working group, uh, as, well as, the, uh, as well as the CMI5 working group, as well as the CAS working group. And in two of those, uh, the XAPI and CMI5, uh, I'm one of the authors as well as uh, uh, the contributing authors to that. Now, there are a number of us in there, including learning management system vendors who are all in there. Um, and what we're trying to do in the XAPI working group is we've created a specification for the XAPI uh, to be able to send and receive data, um, what type of, we've created rules, what type of data, what format of data, what format of information, what kind of details should be in the information, um, this sort of thing. In the CMI5 working group, what CMI5 is, it is a layer on top of XAPI that complements XAPI and applies a set of rules to learning management systems to be able to use XAPI effectively. Um, so it basically determines, for example, uh, what type of, what format should the uh, AU, the assignable unit, which is assignable unit kind of means the course, okay? Mm -hmm. What, what format of the information should be in the course and how should the, LA, the learning management system read it. So that's all the technical stuff, okay? That's out of the way. Bottom line is though, SCORM, uh, the, the announcement that SCORM was uh, no longer being uh, supported, uh, it doesn't mean, uh, doesn't mean that it's dead. It simply means it's not going to evolve and grow anymore. And that happened a little over a year ago that that announcement was made. Um, at that time, XAPI was just, gear, uh, it had been gearing up for about two years prior to, and at that time, XAPI was announced as the replacement for SCORM. Gotcha. The beautiful thing about XAPI is that what you lost in, what you had in AICC, what you lost in SCORM, you've now regained with even tons more information in XAPI. So that's the whole history in a nutshell. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you've been uh, along for the ride through all that. So that brings a lot of depth of knowledge and experience there and seeing where things have been and where they're headed, where the opportunities are, where the problems are. Yeah, you're right. And, and what's important, a key word there is where the problems are. What, what is really important to understand about implementing XAPI is to understand what your objectives are when implementing it. When you want to use XAPI, do you have a valid reason? Are you doing it just because it's the latest, greatest thing? That's not really a good reason. Um, uh, are you doing it because SCORM is failing you? That's a better reason. It's an important reason. Um, but is it still going to serve your needs? Um, so another thing with XAPI, something that we're seeing a lot of, is e-learning implementations. Now, the thing with e-learning is that 
Um, unlike Lifter LMS, Lifter LMS, the content is in the website, where e-learning, the content can be anywhere in the world, as I mentioned with the AICC being brought into TinCam. Um, so what's really important to understand about that is that here you are, you're on your mobile device, an iPad, for example. I, I wouldn't do learning on a cell phone, but uh, some people might even. Um, so let's say you're on an iPad. Well, there's there are rules related to browsers in mobile devices. Uh, as an example, when you uh, open up a video in a mobile device, it never automatically plays. You always have to tap it to play it. That's a rule that's built into all mobile devices, and this is because mobile devices, by default, will not stream two channels of information simultaneously. They'll only connect to one thing and use it until you intentionally tap something to make it connect to the other thing. And then it'll stop communicating with the first thing. And they do that intentionally because they're trying to say, the, the mobile developers have been trying to save bandwidth usage for their users so they don't clock up gigabytes of, uh, of usage hours, of data usage every month. So that is the design. Now, Lifter LMS doesn't have the problem out of the box because everything's native in Lifter LMS. You're using one communication channel. But as soon as you open up an e-learning course within Lifter LMS, your mobile device has to make a choice, e-learning or lifter, the end. So when you tap the e-learning to get it started, you're, that's, you've made the choice for the device and it can communicate to the learning management system. Uh, to the, excuse me, it doesn't, uh, it won't communicate to the learning management system. It'll communicate to a database called a learning record store. A learning record store is Typically, uh, in, in my case, the ones that I implement, they're high-performance databases. They're designed to be 8,000 times faster than your typical WordPress database. And that is what I, that is what I provide as a service as well. Um, and it's really critical be, when you've got 100 users that are, that are constantly streaming data in and out of the database, as well as people trying to run reports off the database at the same time. So you need the performance, you need the speed, you, especially when crunching reports. Gotcha. Well, let me, uh, I just want to say what Lifter LMS XAPI does at a high level, and then let's get into unpacking more of these bits and pieces that people need to understand to see if it's a good fit for you or not. So Lifter LMS API makes it possible for you to integrate Lifter LMS with the XAPI or 10CAN service. You can manage your Lifter LMS competencies and activities, your H5P content, as well as uploaded and linked articulate, captivate, or Lectora e-learning course activities. So those are those external courses that Dennis was talking about there. So Lifter LMS XAPI does a lot, and you may only need like certain pieces of this. And or you may need it all. You may need everything, and you're really going big with your e-learning. But circling back to what you were just talking about, Dennis, Lifter LMS is a learning management system. As you help me understand, it's a LCMS, a learning content management system as well. Yeah. WordPress is a content management system. So what is the big difference between an LMS and an LRS, a learning management system versus a learning record store? Good question. Uh, a learning management system is a system that encompasses 
uh, everything to do with your users, everything to do with your registrations, everything to do with scheduling if you've got that, and everything to do with content, ser serving content to those users based on a set of rules. A learning record store is primarily a database. It's a place that you send data to. Um, some learning record stores have reporting ability built into them where, uh, where others don't. So there are certain ones that can and can't provide reports. Um, uh, but that's all it is. A learning record store is simply that. However, what happens in front, uh, uh, what happens as the forward-facing part of the learning uh, learning record store is that it, it, it receives XAPI data and it interprets it and then it stores it appropriately based on how it interpreted the data strings. We won't get into that technical stuff, but essentially you're sending strings of information to the server. The server interprets, oh, I see this, I should put it here, I see that, I should put it there, the end. Yeah, and that's for if you're new to the technical jargon, that's one of the ways I like to first explain the concept of an API. It's kind of like a pipe that connects things together. So it it's sort of like connecting your Lister LMS site to a learning record store. That pipe is the tin can API. That's correct. So one of so one of the things Lifter LMS X API does is it pa it prepackages everything that the user is doing. And it send and it prepackages it in an XAPI format, and it sends it to the uh, learning record store, which then unpackages it and reads that information and stores it in the appropriate location. It is important to understand, by the way, all the data being sent across is encrypted. Yeah, privacy is a big deal, and I think one of the things that really helped me understand the difference between an LRS and an LMS too is that an LRS may be receiving data from multiple learning management systems. So, yep. you know, this, <clears throat> you may be getting data from some course platform over here, might be lifter powered, something else over here. Uh, and whoever owns, you know, the LRS for some kind of degree program or certification or training objective, uh, the data can be coming in through, from all kinds of different places. And that's right. You really need a high performance server to handle it all. Uh, one, one other thing to mention, uh, um, since you were just on that subject, um, no, sorry, go ahead. I, I lost my train of thought there. Well, in terms of Lifter LMS XAPI, I know when you first set it up, it asks you which learning record store or LRS do you want to use, and you've got one that that you have in there that you recommend, or people could send it to a different one of their choice. Is that right? Can you help us understand the options around that? Yeah. Um, one of, one of the things with uh, the XAPI standard, um, it is a standard that allows you to connect to any learning record store uh, that is XAPI compliant. Um, in, in, our, in, in the case of TinCan uh, of um, Lifter LMS XAPI, um, I do have a, a special key added into mine, so it's, 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 um, it, it, it is best suited to work with uh, the learning walker Learning Record Store system. Um, Learning Locker is uh, is a uh, project that I'm I'm I've done minor development in with that company as well, um, uh, and it is an open source project uh, out on GitHub. However, these the server that um, Learning Locker sits on is is a very very important uh, architecture that helps Learning Locker to work uh, as fast as it can. 
Um, now, any uh, there are a number of other companies out there that do also host their own uh, learning record stores. SCORM.com itself hosts one. Um, there is uh, Saltbox. There is a number of different uh, companies out there. Um, now, when you connect learning uh, Lifter LMS XAPI to any of those learning record stores, you will need to contact them because the key, they'll have to provide you a key uh, separately, uh, much like the, uh, the user key that uh, is uh, set up in mine. If you go with a learning locker uh, provider, um, then that key will be provided to you as part of the package already. You don't need to worry about, uh, you know, converting or trying to figure out how to ask them for the key. Um, but there are three uh, pieces of encrypted information typically associated with the Learning Locker uh, setup. Uh, one is the uh, LRS key uh, that I just described. The other is your LRS user key and then uh, your username, excuse me, and then you've got your LRS password. What you receive um, as uh, LRS key, LRS username, and LRS password are already encrypted, pre-encrypted uh, information. They, don't, they won't look like your username or your password. Um, and these, are, these get repackaged again into further uh, encrypted data. So we encrypt the encryptions. <laughs> All right. and, and we send that off to my server um, or any learning locker uh, server um, and, and, uh, um, or, or any learning locker type server, let's say. Gotcha. <clears throat> well, what about uh, if we're sending data over the pipe, what is a Lifter LMS competency and activity? These are, these are some types of things that we can communicate to our LRS through the API. What are, what are competencies and activities? Good question. So a competency um, is, uh, it'd be better probably to start with a learning objective. What is a learning objective? Um, for people who have been uh, developing courses over the years, they understand that a learning, a learning objective itself um, Learning objectives are statements that define uh, the expected goal of a curriculum or a module even, um, <clears throat> or a course or a lesson. In, in terms that are, that, that, that are um, in terms of demonstrable skills uh, or knowledge that will be acquired um, by the student as a result of the instruction in the lesson course or module. Um, learning objectives are also known as instructional objectives. They can also be uh, they can also be known as learning outcomes. In fact, I hear them quite often as learning outcomes more than learning objectives. Seems like a nicer name, I think. Another another name for them is learning goals. I've heard many people call them that. So, learning objectives uh, describe what the learner should be able to achieve at the end of at the end of the uh, of this uh, module, for example. And they should be specific. They should be measurable as well. Um, they should be measurable statements uh, written in behavioral terms. What does that mean, so, behavioral terms? Well, behavioral terms, uh, uh, an example might be um, um, Dennis Hall is able to identify bacteria. Okay. Or that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, um, so, so those are learning objectives, okay? Now, 
why have I brought that up first? Because the learning objective is one piece of the foundation, okay? The other piece of the foundation is the competency, which, which will directly relate to the learning objectives. So a competency is the capability to apply or use uh, a set of related knowledge and skills or abilities, otherwise known in the industry as KSAs, which you may have heard of, right? Knowledge, skills, abilities. Those, those create a competency. Um, and now, once you have uh, your knowledge, skills, and abilities in a row um, related to a competency, then what happens is that you should be able to successfully perform the critical uh, work functions to complete that learning objective. Okay. Okay, so if you've got, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to talk about uh, tasks, about physical tasks, but one thing about XAPI is that it doesn't restrict you to e-learning only. Um, there, are, there are apps out there that are XAPI enabled on, on phones. And I kind of joke around saying, you know, there, someday there might be a record in a learning record store that might say, Dennis Hall visited the top of Mount Everest. Right. Um, and that might be because is it a geolocator in the phone? That's right. I went yeah. to the top of Mount Everest and tapped my phone saying I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and when I when I tapped it, it stored an XAPI record because it, there was no cell coverage. When I came down off the top of Mount Everest, it connected to the nearest cell tower, connected to my learning record store, and submitted that data. That's a native function of XAPI. Very cool record stores and that's something SCORM cannot do by the way if you attempt to do that in SCORM it, you'll be you'll be out of, you'll be dead in the water from the start gotcha so you can send data to your LRS about what people are doing with Lift LMS courses or lessons or quiz questions and these sorts of things and you can also create competencies that fulfill some kind of learning objective and pass that data through the API as well. That's, that's and that is and that is what we do. The one, the some of the so there's been a couple of fallbacks uh, to XAPI. They're, they're not they're not bad things. It's just that they're things that surprise people. They're not used to it. XAPI can give a can send a lot of data. It can fill up your database pretty fast if you let it. Um, so, what's important to understand is is that uh, you get a lot more data than you did with SCORM. Secondly, XAPI data went uh, out of box. XAPI data can look a little bit cryptic. You're gonna see Dennis Hall experienced this e-learning. And it's like, okay, well, you know, the whole idea behind XAPI is to say, the actor did something. Okay, so Dennis Hall experienced this e-learning, okay? Dennis Hall being the actor, the verb being experienced, this e-learning being the object that he experienced. Uh, sorry, talking my, about myself in third party, I've lost it, I've lost it. <laughs> but, so what I've done, um, you know, the, Dennis Hall experienced this e-learning, it, 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 I mean, it's just a bit too, let's call it out there, I mean, uh, you know, what, what would you say if, if you had completed a specific um, learning objective in an e-learning course, wouldn't you rather see 
uh, something like 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 Chris uh, completed this mm -hmm. e-learning or module one or Chris um, was able to complete question three or quit you know this sort of thing so so what I've done in lifter LMSX API is I've, I've taken the ability I've taken the competency um, and assigned it to that learning object so now when you run a report uh, in in the experience API reports will will raw raw statements we call them will come out and by default they will they the um, ADL verb will be sitting behind the learning object so when you click on the learning object in a report it's going to come back and say here's the ADL verb for course well what I've done is I've remapped the information so that in lifter LMSX API what happens is if you click on the name of the learning object that's being reported, it will actually map you or redirect you to the competency that you've created in Lifter LMS. So now you can take a competency and you can assign it specifically to the start page of a Lifter LMS course, to lesson one of a Lifter LMS course, to uh, quiz, quiz one of a Lifter LMS course, or even to question one of a Lifter LMS course. Whenever people read a report, they're gonna have a clickable item, and that clickable item will be the name of what the person experienced, the learning object the person experienced. When they click on the name um, in a report, it's gonna come up and say, here's the competency that was associated with it. Otherwise, the only al other alternative is to send you off to the ADL server, and you're gonna see what what the, what is the definition of course? Right. <laughs> really, and that's one of the drawbacks so far. But Pete, it's not a drawback with the specification. It's simply a drawback with the application of the specification. So what I've done in Lifter LMS, as far as I'm concerned, is best practice where I've directly linked um, uh, I've directly linked the competency to the learning object. Well, nice job solving that problem. Yeah, I've, I've then, by the way, also re given given uh, you the ability to rename that experienced item. You can rename it to whatever you want. You know, Dennis Hall jumped off a cliff. Done. You know, <laughs> as long as you have a learning object uh, called a cliff, and you have a competency saying, "Well, I guess he died." <laughs> you know, whatever the case be, you can put whatever you want, and you can put it in any language you want. And that's another key thing is. Uh, the experience API out of box is is although the verbs are very flexible, um, if you get them if you use it directly out of the box, you have to assign a language to it. Well, as you know, in WordPress you can have multilingual sites. Yeah. So in that particular case, you can actually um, you can actually create a new course in Lifter LMS, and you can map new lessons to it in the different languages, and use those same competencies in different languages because WordPress can serve the competencies separately in different languages. Whereas awesome. the course itself may have to, the lesson may have to get re redone, but the competency can be translated in WordPress um, dynamically. Well, that's awesome. <clears throat> well. That's we're still not even halfway through it. So let's no. <laughs> that's that's amazing. And Lefter LMS X API does a lot. It, it opens up the door to a lot of avenues that reporting piece and and the customized 
like view of of that is is really incredible and 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 matters to people who want like really advanced reporting and a focus on these, this type of competency based learning. Well, that's it. I mean, competency based learning is evidentiary learning. That's what's really most important about it. If you if you want your course to be meaningful and you want to be able to prove it's meaningful, set this up. Use competencies. Okay, uh, it that they they become the the documentation to prove the skills, the knowledge, and the ability of the oh, user. I like that. Uh, another another uh, another thing. Uh, earlier, I forgot my train of thought. I did want to make mention. One of the specifications with XAPI is that the learner owns their data. Now, what's important to understand about this is that everything I do in a Lifter LMS uh, learning management system has to be, uh, I, they, uh, the administrator at the moment of the system has to be able to uh, export my information out specifically. Now, it's all fine that you see Dennis Hall experienced e-learning. You know, it, that's not very useful information to a human resources person receiving your Excel, XML file, which, by the way, would be filled with hyperlinks back to the original content mm -hmm. and back to the competency. So what's really important to understand here as well is that when from the, and, and Lifter LMS is now the only learning management system that's WordPress based that supports CAS uh, competency analysis. Okay, so what's really important to understand about this is that when Dennis Hall or Chris basically quit their job and say, hey, give me my learning records, HR, give me my learning records, when HR gives them their learning records um, in, in an Excel spreadsheet, now Dennis Hall takes this to the new company and basically says, oh, you want to know what my competencies are? Here they are in my Excel spreadsheet. Please import them into your system so that my human resources uh, uh, information can be updated properly. And that, that's one of the, it's actually a key takeaway. And the reason for this is because the US military has this, uh, this uh, um, uh, uh, guidance or this, this push going on so that when, it, when their people leave the military, they get they get equivalencies or college credits, if you wish, and and those have to be applicable. So you so the records are portable. That's correct. In fact, with XAPI, that's the rule, not an option. It's the rule. The owner owns their data. Now, in this particular version of Lifter LMS XAPI, I don't have a front end data export, so the learner will be able to get their own data. Um, so for now, they'll have to ask the administrator. However, I do have a number of planned releases in the future with Lifter LMS XAPI, and one of those planned releases are to have front-end short codes so the user can get their own data, leaderboards, this sort of thing. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, Lifter LMS XAPI also introduces the ability to work with H5P content. <clears throat> Now, I've been aware of H5P for a couple years now, and my understanding of it is it's an open source project where you can create these incredibly rich web-based interactive uh, things. Like, <clears throat> it's very visual. It's, so the, the place I'm drawn to when I think about it is using it for some, uh, some quizzing 
it's like with really advanced graphics and nonlinear learning situations where you could end up in all kinds of different places. But tell us more about what H5P is in your experience and how it works with Lifter LMS XAPI. Yeah, not a problem. Um, first off, H, H5P is a non-SCORM output, okay? It is XAPI only or nothing. So you can use, you can already use H5P content in Lifter LMS, but it's not going to report anything if you use the content alone. However, what I've done with Lifter LMS XAPI is I've packaged and even pre-configured your H5P XAPI connector in my plugin. So when you install my plugin, you do have the, it's an optional install of their H5P plugin. But when you install their H5P plugin from mine, I actually pre-configure everything for you so you have nothing to set up. You just install it and you're done. It works out of the box. Um, uh, beyond that as well, um, I also have a Lightbox plugin, which I'll explain later. But, uh, but the H5P content itself, uh, what H5P content is, and that's the name of their plugin, by the way, H5P content. Okay. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. I don't package that plugin with mine. I only package the, the uh, connector. And you can actually just do a search in the WordPress uh, plugins directory. Uh, you would, uh, you, in your plugins page, you would simply click Add New you'd be immediately taken to the WordPress depository or repository, excuse me, um, uh, of plugins. And you would type in, you would do a search for H5P. In searching for it, the first thing that comes up is H5P content. You'll install it. Once you install it, you then have uh, a bunch of libraries available. And the libraries, um, there's about somewhere in the area of like 50 or 60 different libraries that they carry. Uh, each library is a type of interaction that you can do with H5P products. Um, and the products, the, the content type products that they uh, present you with are, you know, I mean, there's tons. There's uh, image, image, do hotspots over images, uh, do drag and drop over images, do um, hotspots over videos, do drag and drop over videos. Uh, so basically, you can get the idea that the object would be the video or the image, and the interaction they provide you might be drag and drop hotspot, multiple choice, uh, pick one, uh, you name it. There's just tons and tons of different ones. Um, so they create interactive, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, they create very rich interactive content to be, uh, to be used in a Lifter LMS course, lesson, quiz, or question, just like my Lifter LMS XAPI connects to. In doing this, um, when, you, when you use Lifter LMS XAPI, um, once you create those, uh, that content and those interactions using H5P, which is a very simple intuitive interface, by the way, uh, I actually, I, I drool over it. It's a beautiful, beautiful product. Um, so once you've created that and it's in your course lesson quiz or question, um, it will automatically just start communicating XAPI. Um, with my Lifter LMS XAPI, at that point, you have a couple of choices. You can turn on or off every single course, lesson, quiz, or question in Lifter LMS. You can turn off the XAPI reporting. 
So let's say that I have an H5P content sitting on my course page mm -hmm. of Lifter LMS uh, for course one. I, I may only want to report the H5P content. So at that point, I simply would turn off the XAPI for the course, but the H5P content will still report. It will still report. Same thing can happen later on, I'll explain with e-learning. Um, now let's say lesson one in the course has a bunch of learning objectives and such, and it has no, no other content. It's pure Lifter LMS content. Um, I may want to turn on XAPI reporting for that and assign a competency to that as well. So you can mix and match, like absolutely. If I want to, if I if I want to put, I can put an H five in lesson one, for example. I can turn on XAPI reporting for that, assign a competency to it, um, as well as apply my own custom verb within the content of lesson one. I can embed an H five P interaction. And, and I can embed as many e-learning interactions as I wish. That's awesome. Well, let's get into e-learning a little bit because I think this is kind of confusing for some people. Um, <clears throat> Lifter LMS, without all of this, you're, you're working with um, lessons, which are kind of like WordPress posts. You can put videos in there. You can embed Vimeo videos, uh, Wistia videos, YouTube videos. You can put text, images, whatever you, you can think of that you can put on a regular web page, you can put in a Lifter LMS lesson. Correct. Now, now in the e-learning community, uh, there's some different types of tools out there. And one of the things that I find just as being a member of the community is there are these people called instructional designers out there. And a lot of them, they're coming to WordPress and Lifter LMS later, they're more focused on building e-learning with authoring tools like Articulate, uh, Captivate, Lectora, these tools. Now what you've done is if somebody builds an e-learning module, which we'll go over in a little bit, <clears throat> and it, they want to stick that in a course or stick that in a lesson or stick that in a quiz, you can also mix and match with that as well or have that be the entire course is this other content and it's going to talk through the XAPI. But can you give us a lightning fast tour, Dennis, of e-learning authoring tools and how they integrate with Lifter LMS XAPI? Yes, um, uh, the, uh, the key being XAPI, that is the point of integration. Now with Lifter LMS, what I've done is I've created a, uh, a form that allows you to either upload your, your uh, your XAPI published or your tin can published uh, e-learning uh, project. So you can upload that directly to your WordPress website. That's correct. You can upload it directly to your WordPress website, or if you wish to run it off a different web server, you can link to it from your website. Now there's, there's advantages to doing it either way. Um, for example, if you if your Lifter LMS website, if you want to keep it light and airy, uh, so light and speedy and fast and quick for everyone, um, you know that's one of the reasons why I, put, I, I I offshore the database, so to speak. I don't mean offshore literally. I mean that's why the database isn't sitting in Lifter LMS. The, the LRS is somewhere else. That's right. That's yeah. because if we start piling nine thousand records a day into Lifter LMS, you're going to need a bigger server real soon. 
Okay, so you you pretty well are. It is best practice to use a third server for that. Um, so I create that service now. E-learning um, in Lifter LMS, excuse me. You have the ability to turn on or turn off reporting of anything that you want granularly. But in e-learning, you don't have that choice, unfortunately. So what's going to happen is, uh, as an example, in Storyline, hitting page one of your course, it's going to it's going to send two records. The first record saying the course was entered. The second record saying the start page was entered. Okay, um, so you're going to get a, a ton of data whether you want it or not. Unfortunately, we, we don't have control over the way those companies have developed their product. Not without becoming a programmer and going in and programmatically adding or removing things. Um, so we don't want that, do we? What we want is we want a person to simply upload their course and get it done. The end. So. So in Lifter, I give you the granular ability, but in those courses, we can't do that. So what you can do is you can at least turn off your Lifter reporting for that particular course lesson, quiz, or question that you've uh, uploaded a e-learning course into. Now, the, the operation of uploading a course is one thing. What's really cool about the way I've done this, by the way, I, I do smart disk management for the courses. Okay, if you upload a course called My Favorite Course 1 um, into Lifter LMS, I put it in your uploads folder in a specific folder called Courses, and I always watch that folder. If you later come and update My Favorite Course 1 and call it My Favorite Course 2, what's going to happen is when you go in to update the course, I'm going to remove the, all the files and the folder for My Favorite Course 1 and replace that for my favorite course too because you're updating. If you add a new one, you can call the new one my favorite course one again if you want. But uh, then when you delete a course, I delete the course for you as well. So you have nothing to do behind the scenes. Everything is done within the update uh, panel or the update form. And in that form as well, um, again, future versions, I am going to allow you to remap uh, your course, each course item, to a competency in Lifter LMS. Because today, again, they suffer the same problem that I explained earlier, where as soon as you click the name of that of that item that was in the course, it's going to send you off to an ADL page saying, a page was viewed. Dennis experienced a page. And it'll give you this definition of what a page is. Um, so again, you know, I'm I'm mapping, allowing. I'm going to map allow people to remap their uh, uploaded courses to valid competencies within Lifter. That's awesome. Well, for the uninitiated out there who hasn't yet used Articulate, Storyline, Captivate, Lectora, these types of tools, wow. what can you do with them that you can't necessarily do, like on a lesson, a Lifter LMS lesson WordPress page where you might insert video and text and audio embeds and things like that. What, what can you do with these tools? Uh, good question. Sorry, I, I should have, uh, I should have uh, respected that question earlier. I did not. Um, so basically, uh, the, the various articulate products that are available, the uh, Captivate and the Lectora products that are available today, for the most part, what they're giving you is they're giving you Everyone's giving you a fairly standardized XAPI output, 
but what they're doing uh, for you as a courseware developer, they allow you to do things like import PowerPoint, which everybody actually really hates in the industry, but it, PowerPoint's an important tool to develop with SME, the subject matter expert. Um, however, they allow you to, to create rich interactive content, uh, rich me interactive media content within a uh, within an e-learning environment or an online course environment. Um, with uh, so once you've created the product that you want, uh, you, which is your e-learning course, you then publish that from that product as a tin can or XAPI um, package. Those products then zip that up for you and put it into a proper format for you to upload into your learning management system. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, let's, you told me about, and you showed me a feature that was really incredible that I just want to make sure the, the listeners and the viewers here understand where uh, there could be, let's say I'm a course platform, I'm building my course platform and I actually want to like bring in courses from somewhere else. That's a good yeah. question. Maybe I work out a licensing deal with them. Yeah. My understanding is I can also I can be on my Lifter LMS site, but serving up courses from somewhere somewhere else to the XAPI, and that somewhere else is somewhere that I don't own, but it's somebody who either gave me permission or you know I'm paying a licensing fee to. Can you tell me how that works and what that's all about? Sure. Yeah, I did briefly mention that earlier when I talked about uploading courses to a different server. Um, so essentially, in that same upload form that I was just describing, um, when you create a new course or you update a course, um, that, that, let's say that you had a course locally on your server, you can actually delete that course and link, and, and in that same form, you can link that, the same course title to a course out on a remote server. There's only two pieces of information that you need to be able to link a remote course. Uh, information number one is what is the URL to the start page of that course? So mm -hmm. it's going to be out on http colon slash slash www.domain.com slash path slash two slash index.html. For example, that might be the start file of your course that uh, that somebody else is allowing you to uh, to use uh, or rent or whatever it be. After that, they need to give you another piece of information, and that is what is the starting activity ID or the starting ADL activity URL for that. So it might be adl.net slash uh, uh, or HTTP colon slash slash adl.net slash path slash to course. Okay, those are the only two pieces of information you need to link to a remote course. Uh, beyond that, you'll have a title that you'll put in. That title will be reflected in Lifter LMS. Um, after that, uh, you're done. Yeah, that you now have all the foundations set for running local and remote courses, such as the old AICC model, right? Mm -hmm. um, that uh, that allow you to do this uh, to um, use those courses. Now, to use the courses in Lifter LMS XAPI, that's a separate function. Okay, what, what I've done is I've, I've built in the uh, Lifter LMS uh, editor, the course lesson, quiz, and question editor that uh, is in Lifter LMS, by the way, as well as the membership and non-membership editor. It also has this, I, uh, no, disregard, it does not, no. It's only courses, lesson, quiz, and questions. 
Um, in your editor, I've uh, added a new button to your editor's uh, button bar, uh, a button called XAPI with square brackets around it. And the square brackets detone a short code in WordPress. So I've created a, a visual button builder that allows you to, to uh, use images for your buttons. You can even use a combination of, of image backgrounds and have borders and such and reshape the images to circles or rounded rectangles or whatever you wish. Um, or you can just color your buttons and make them ex look exactly like the lifter buttons if you wish as well. Um, no matter how you do it, you have the ability to create a custom button to launch your course in a course lesson, uh, to launch your e-learning course from a course lesson quiz or question. And you would do, by, do that by selecting in a drop-down menu your e, the e-learning course title that you've given your course. And then you would configure your button, you would click insert, and boom, you've got a button in your course to launch the e-learning. And that brings up that other plugin, the Lightbox plugin. Now, by default, if you, uh, and this is not just with, with my plugin, it's with any, any uh, scenario. Um, in WordPress, if you don't, if you have an external HTML file that you're pointing to, uh, like you know, in WordPress, if you click on a link, in a, it might open up and replace your website, or it might open up in a new window or tab. Well, in Lifter, in uh, the way I've done it with these, if you use the Lightbox plugin, it will open up your e-learning course in a Lightbox. Now, a Lightbox is that kind of gray, shadowy that gray border uh, around an HTML page that you see. Um, and uh, basically, you would interact with your course within that Lightbox plugin or within that Lightbox. So if you are going to use e-learning, I highly recommend using the Lightbox, uh, activating the Lightbox plugin that I supply as well. Um, and that is simply so that if you don't activate it, your courses will open up in a new tab or window automatically. Now, the drawback of doing that is that the users will no longer be focused on the content that they launched that product from. So if you've got, let's say, lesson one has some really important information, then it tells you, watch this, this tutorial, because it, uh, it doesn't have to be a course, right? It can be a tutorial that's done in Storyline or something, or a video or whatever. So watch this tutorial about what you just read, okay? Or watch this demonstration. Then you watch that, you close it, and then you continue reading, and it, and it says, oh, here's another demonstration on another aspect of what I've read as well. So you can have multiple e-learning inside that content, and that will all open up in light boxes and keep you in the content so when you close the light box you haven't lost your place that's incredible yeah and that's definitely the better user experience to just uh, absolutely fade the background and give them what they want and then when that's done they're back where they started yeah and, well, um, they're, no they're back where they left off or where they left off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and just to to reiterate your point because i think it's a really important one dennis is that uh when we use this word e-learning or course that we're making with these other authoring tools those don't necessarily have to be complete end-to-end -end courses they could be just one lesson in your lift lms course or they could even be part of a lesson like you said where 
absolutely. You might have you might have a video on your Lift Your LMS lesson, some text, and then you say, "Click this button," and now you're bringing in this e-learning content that you have either hosted locally or elsewhere or whatever. It's amazing. I mean, <clears throat> what you've done is you've opened up the door to craft really intricate learning journeys. Yes, absolutely. With the best um, tools available out there. Yes. Uh, if, I may, uh, if I may add, by the way, you've said something really, really important there. You can break up your e-learning courses. Um, uh, I, it's not uncommon, actually, to have, have an e-learning module that focuses on one learning objective and has one competency related, which, by the way, if you do it that way in uh, Lifter LMS XAPI, you can, uh, I give you the ability already to remap that default adl.net slash path slash two slash course to one of your competencies already. So if you do a single learning objective e-learning, mm -hmm. if you upload or link a single learning objective e-learning, you can already map that e-learning to a competency built in Lifter LMS. That's really amazing. Yeah, so you can already do it. Um, what I plan in the future is that if you have multiple modules or multiple pages within the e-learning that are reporting XAPI data, uh, in the future you'll be able to remap all of them to competencies. Because again, the, the biggest problem the e-learning vendors have is that they don't map you to anything that actually is meaningful. That's awesome. Well, nice job. I mean, you've sat, you've solved so many f problems and provided so many integrations and additional features. It's really incredible. Um, and I know, like, when I was first learning about how all this stuff works, I had a lot of questions. So if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you want to reach out directly with a question, just go to lifterlms.com slash contact and we'll get you your answer there. And uh, also, if you invest in the product, we're hosting this product that Dennis has made uh, in the Lifter LMS store, and it uses our support system. So if you are using Lifter LMS, and it sounds like Lifter LMS XAPI is a fit for you and what you're trying to do, or you want to try it out and see what you can make with it, um, we can support you in all the normal ways that you're used to being supported uh, through the Lifter LMS systems and, and that sort of thing. And we're we're really honored, Dennis, to have you and Lifter LMS XAPI in our store. It's your decades of experience and all this knowledge and, and seeing the journey of e-learning and you know being a developer and, and doing being an instructional designer yourself and doing client work. You have a really unique insight into creating really effective learning management systems. So again, we're we're honored to to have you as part of the Lifter LMS community. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Chris. I mean, honestly, uh, back at you on that as well. I mean, um, you know, the one thing I found with, uh, with, your, with your team is that uh, you guys are awesome to work with. I, I really, really appreciate uh, uh, the, the support that you've given me, but as well the support that I see you give your community. I mean, you guys love your community, and it shows. It shows big time. So, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Dennis Hall, ladies and gentlemen, uh, learning templates and come find out more about Lifter LMS XAPI at lifterlms.com.